Hello and welcome to Unmuted Unmastered. I'm Will, and on the show this week, I'm joined by James. Hello. Just two of us this week. On the show, we're going to be reviewing the new album by Of House. We've got the upcoming releases you need to know about, but first, let's get into the news. And we get to do something I quite like to do in the news segment of this show, is go back to a story that we've covered in the past, and we're looking at Fortet with his legal battle with Domino Recordings. Uh, we've spoken about this in the past. Uh, so Kieran Hebden, who you may know better as Fortet, sued Domino Records last year over royalties. Um, basically, his contract was signed before streaming was a big thing. Uh, the label was arguing that they wanted to pay him 13.5% royalty rate on streaming because they were classing it more like a radio play whereas he wanted 50% of the money made from streaming because he was arguing it was more like a sale, so like a CD or a, a vinyl sale. Uh, so it's been settled this week. Uh, in the settlement, Domino agreed to honour the 50% rate and reimburse uh, Fortet for the historic underpayments. However, one note uh, that's quite important is that the challenge was decided outside of court so artists trying to do a similar move can't now use this as legal precedent to kind of justify them now getting the money more easily. They're going to have to go through all of the same hoops, basically, as as this uh, process did. Uh, the label put out a statement this week saying, quote, Neither the courts nor the settlement terms have made any determination as to how streaming should be categorised or streaming income split. Uh, they added that they were pleased that Hebden had chosen to settle the case on financial terms first offered to him in November 2021. So yeah, it seems like a positive outcome for Fortet individually, but maybe not a seismic change in terms of how artists are going to get, how artists are going to split these royalties between themselves and the labels. Yeah, you're right. It's a bit weird that it's outside court, so so uh, future artists can't use it again as an argument. Um, but hey, it, it it does show that it can be done in or out court, and I think it still gives artists power, doesn't it? Um, I'm glad. I'm glad. Or Uh Next up in the news, Spotify is rolling out a new live events feed feature. Uh, so this comes from. Andre Payne at musicweek.com. Uh, so Spotify has launched its live events feed, which is a new uh, destination for users to discover live events in their local area. So there'll be listings from ticketing partners, including Ticketmaster, AXS, uh, Eventbrite, C-Tickets, and others. Uh, alongside the revamped feed, Spotify is launching new places uh, to help fans keep track of upcoming events. Uh, and Spotify is planning to further integrate event discovery directly into the app through more advanced search tools and new playlist formats. Uh, they're also building in a messaging tool to provide fans with personalized recommendations for upcoming live events based on their listening habits. So presumably that's going to look like their kind of album release notifications, but just with 
artists that you follow or that you listen to popping up and saying, please buy a ticket to our show near you coming up. Yeah, it's always, it's always interesting when these companies add new features to their things, um, their services, and seeing if it will actually help out artists or not. I, I'm not sure about this one. We'll have to see, I think. Mm. Generally, I think this is good because for as a listener, I find it quite hard to keep track of everything that's coming like nearby to me. And so often I have missed artists who I really like just because I haven't checked Twitter at the right time to see their post yeah. about their their tour. So, yeah, if there is something, I mean, Spotify is clearly the obvious place where your music listening habits are kind of tracked, right? Um, unless you're, you're a last FM user. Um, so it makes sense for it to kind of go through there. Um Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, talk on Twitter recently, though, about artists saying basically they're losing large amounts of money on touring. I think it was Stars, the Canadian band, recently said they lost like a huge amount of money doing a tour, presumably because they kind of have a standard that they want to hit with their tour and just trying to do it with apparently basically every cost on the tour going way up uh, with inflation being ridiculous at the moment. Um, yeah, it seems like where once touring was kind of the place where artists made money because streaming wasn't necessarily actually giving them enough. Now, that's not actually set in stone and touring can be financially detrimental to these artists as well, which is really sad. I have another news story. Um, Stormzy has received an honorary degree from the University of Exeter for his uh, work promoting higher education, philanthropy, and widening participation. Um, he says, I feel extremely blessed and grateful to be up here receiving the degree. Um, you guys are already world beaters. You have already proved you have what it takes to follow your dreams. So yeah, I mean, it's very interesting seeing him um, have a degree from our university. Um, but... Hey, it's for his for his work promoting higher education and other things. Um, so I mean, good for him. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, it's great for him because he has done quite a lot, from what I've heard, to kind of support people from worse off backgrounds, like going into higher education financially. Um, <coughs> the cynic in me does think like. Exeter's not doing the best in term in terms of like promoting diversity in their cohort, yeah. and that you know this might be them kind of pandering to try and improve that. But um, you know, let, let's try and not be cynical for once and say that this is generally a good thing of someone who uh seems to deserve it, getting recognition for doing something good. Exactly. Right then, let's get on to our review for this week. We are looking at Rip-Offs by Of House. Released on June the 24th, 2022 on Underflow Records. It clocks in at 55 minutes and 45 seconds. Of the album, the band say it blends the noisier 
dreamier aspects of notable indie acts like Jesus and the Mary Chain, Galaxy 500, Yola Tango, Kurt Vile, War on Drugs, and The National, among others. Lyrically, the album is about pressing on despite great odds, a reflection of the fact that many of the lyrics were written during the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, that's what we're looking at. James, why don't you kick us off with your overall thoughts? Okay. Well, I hate to be that guy, but this might be the most negative I have been about any of um, our albums this year. Um, I think I do think there were some quite good bits that were in this album, um, but I think a lot was just not so good. And I think the main thing that has made it that way is the vocals. Throughout the whole album, we get these um, duo vocals with a male voice and a female voice, um, and they sing together, and they don't really push the boundaries of harmonies. Uh, and that's just caused the creativity to be held back and it's kind of left the album feeling flat. Um, you can imagine the this male and female voice like singing this pretty much the same tune and it doesn't really allow uh, the female voice to get much higher or the male vocals to get much lower. So you get this very flat, sounding vocal throughout the whole album um and on top of that the the overall mix of the whole album how it's produced i found that it wasn't particularly great um i think it just a lot of it feels muddy and really washed and like mixed together and you can't majority of the time you can't pick out certain parts of the song um, though you can you can hear some like some cool ideas every now and then, and there's 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 some songs that do stand out, and we'll get onto those. But in general, you hear this idea, but it's just like very much in the back, and it doesn't have time to shine. You can't you basically just can't hear it. Um, that. There are ideas, but they're just not executed. Um, I don't think the album is like horrible. I don't think it's like something you can't listen to. I think it's something that you can easily have in the background. Um, and it's, it's a chill album. I don't want to like that. <laughs> sounds like such a bad positive. It's like you can have it in the background, but it does kind of set a mood a bit, and does kind of go for the vibe they're going for but i just think it's mixed badly and this everything's just lost unfortunately there are some like i think there are some gems in there that could stand out more but they, they just don't stand out like they should so i'll jump in a, on a few points that you mentioned james you were saying that you felt the vocals were quite flat I think, in general, they're definitely trying to do Matt Berninger from the National style, which is not... Well, I guess he does kind of have dynamics, but his kind of resting voice is quite monotonous mm. in a sense. Um, for him, I think that works. Here, I think it works in places, um, but maybe the, the lyrical content doesn't always back it up 
necessarily as well as as the national um you're also saying about the mix i didn't have so much of an issue with the mix the only thing i'd really pick out are the drums which i again i'm thinking about the national where the drums kind of drive the track forward and actually the drum playing i thought was really strong across the album it, it really gave like a bit of energy to it but if those drums had been pushed to the front rather than kind of being left in the back um that might have put like given it more of a sense of urgency um at this point i should note because i haven't done it already uh this album was sent to us so we had an early copy uh available for us to listen to for review um but i mean james has just given his <laughs> thoughts um i imagine you're not expecting <laughs> us being biased uh at this point um overall like I think this is a solid album. I think it's th there's potential here. It for me, it it's kind of like it's very much that the national vocals, and then the backing is kind of more English post punk. So it it's kind of sounds like stuff from the eighties, kind of slightly Joy Division-y in terms of the kind of production style and kind of what they're going for in terms of sound. Um. So it's kind of got these like jangly guitars. There are some good riffs and ideas. Uh, my big thing is that the pace of the album overall is quite relaxed. And for me, I would have appreciated maybe a, a bit more urgency of introducing new ideas faster and, and bringing more in across the album because it is very much going for that. And, and the list of artists they pulled up is pretty much what i got from the album as well but they're going for that war on drugs type pacing of the record which is very methodical i guess in terms of like the tracks are stretched out but with the war on drugs they are developed and they have kind of this story whereas here i feel like they they just don't have that same development over the course of the track so some of the parts were interesting but it's always kind of that feeling of where's the next thing coming um and i felt like for for me that it it just wasn't kind of happening fast enough for me these first three tracks to begin with they feel very well they're not like too similar but they have they have the same negatives um throughout them those being that yeah it feels muddy the vocals are quite lost um and nothing nothing feels feels distinct feels quite mashed together i will say that the guitars um do stand out um ever so often uh first track um we have this nice jangly guitar i like the tone of it more than anything the second track um it felt it, it felt quite flat until the guitar solo came in um but then kind of went back into back into the um, negatives that I'm mentioning. And the third track, Heart About to Give Out, um, was actually a bit more catchy, I will say. Um, but it still quite, didn't quite do it for me. I, I put those tracks together because they, they feel like quite similar. And they kind of... Yeah, they, they go towards like a, the same goal. Um, but they they kind of drag on a bit too much in my opinion they're quite long tracks 
until we get to track four. Um, track four for me was something, track four Beautiful Beats was actually something quite different. And this is when I had a bit more hope for the album, I think. It starts off with this um, picked bass and then it goes into this piano. And this piano has some like really some interesting chords, beautiful chords. Um, and yeah, it just changes up things a lot. It, it doesn't sound like the first three tracks, in my opinion, at all. Um, and then it goes into a um, a guitar motif that kind of repeats quite a lot. And that's cool. And I feel, it kind of felt like um, I was traveling through a tunnel, like I was in a car or something else. It, it's just like one of those moods. Um, I don't think this one could have ended a bit sooner, but this might be the one I'm most positive about because things do did feel distinct. There, there were there were parts, and and you can, you can tell the difference between the parts. And yeah, I, I, I'm pinpointing instruments here, um, one instrument. So yeah, it it, it gave a different um, energy to the whole thing gave a different um pace and it's something i enjoyed yeah i think those first three tracks definitely go more in the kind of kind of trying to sound like joy division and jesus and mary chain and those type of bands and then beautiful beasts kind of adds in maybe some war on drugs and kurt viley type stuff which does kind of make it feel like it's opening up a bit and it it feels i mean just based on those influences like if you haven't listened to the album yet you can probably start to get an idea of you know it's it's trying to be maybe a bit more grand and a bit less dark mm. and kind of oppressive right so yeah it does give the album kind of a very different feel um at that point yeah i was almost feeling the same for all for nothing um it also it felt different from track four felt very different from the first three tracks the guitar is nice and the sort of atmospheric parts were really good. Um, but I just felt, again, like the vocals were holding it back a bit. Like once they got in, they, they flattened things basically. I don't think the vocals, like they're singing. I don't think their singing is bad. It's just that the delivery wasn't great and the editing wasn't great. Um, so... Yeah, it, it was a nice song in in certain parts. Yeah, personally, I don't mind I don't mind the style of the vocals, but then again, I am a big national mm. fan, so that might play into it. But yeah, I definitely think they could, you know, for for a next record, they could look at you know how can we add more dynamism into the vocals? C could there be kind of some different levels that they can work at to give it a bit more kind of oomph at certain points to emphasize particular sections? I felt that Ghost Piano was quite a nice change of pace, actually, because it is almost, again, it's another step more into the upbeat style of things, and it, it's almost got like an Americana-y feel to it in terms of the beat that's coming through. Um, and it, it brings in some of that extra instrumentation later on, right, With where it does feel a bit more atmospheric than some of the earlier songs. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it had a nice... Like you said, the Americano kind of had like a um, nice swing to it. And yeah, it changed the pace again. It was good. Mm. Uh, the next track, Woke, 
woke up feeling down. It has this really cool, like, I think it's a fuzz guitar, like, lead guitar part. I really enjoyed when it first came in, but then it, it's kind it's kind of symptomatic of a lot of the tracks here, where when the ideas are first set out, I'm like, I'm on board, but then they don't take them anywhere. It's kind of played out again and again over the rest of the song, which I think in a live setting, and this may be a spoiler for where we're going to kind of come to towards the end of the record, for a live band, if you're around, uh, the band's based in Detroit in the US, if you're around there, I reckon you should go and check them out because I think that would be good to see live because I think they could bring like the energy to it. But on the record, with the way that this is produced, like it's not kind of, it's not thrilling enough to pull you through when there aren't new ideas coming in. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but now I do. Like, that's definitely true. In a live setting, I think that the dynamics and the instruments will like definitely pop more than it is like digitally, digitally on on this album. Um, they do sound like they have a lot of potential, and in a live setting, I definitely think that would really punch you in the face. Uh, Real Darkness does open with an interesting beat, um, with kind of like the two parts where the the first half of the bar is kind of like this, like the cymbal and the kick, and then it kind of holds, and then the second half of the bar it kind of goes quick, mm. and then it goes back or, and and forth. Like, that's an interesting kind of dynamic. But again, that ends up playing out over the whole song. I feel like it should have, that should have been the intro and then it should have developed elsewhere. Yeah. Or it could have. Yeah, this one was definitely a bit more dynamic. Um, But yeah, it kind of played on that too long. The song was too long. I do think, like you said, we'd have that as an intro and maybe take another, another idea from another song and kind of, Frankenstein that on to the end of this one, maybe, or blend more ideas into like one song rather than really kind of staying on this one idea for a long time. Speaking of dynamics, the next track, Despite My Rage, I thought was one of the better songs on the album, maybe one of my favourites, because I feel, felt like in that one, kind of all of the parts were kind of firing all at once. Whereas in maybe some of the others, there would be elements that I'd pick out and I'd think that that stands out above kind of everything else here. This one, I felt like it came together quite well as a song. So if I was going to kind of pick one for people to start with, it might might be that. Um, yeah, I, I guess that, that is true. But like this, well, this one, it kind of just after the real darkness, it really caught my attention in a different way. I think, yeah, I think there are a lot of songs on this on this album where it brings you to a new realm, like from the start of the song and it kind of goes back into the, back into the same vibes. I mean, if you like, if you like the overall sound of the album, I think this album would actually be really interesting because you're starting off with something different, but then you're going back into that, into that sound that you're enjoying. So it wasn't for me, but yeah, this one caught my attention. Yeah, I'd say, I, I feel like we're being quite negative here. <laughs> but it's not one of those albums where everything just kind of blends together completely. Like, the, the songs do have distinct elements, which I I think, as I'm saying it, it doesn't sound like, <laughs> like a fantastic compliment, but that is actually, like, you know, being able to pick out the different songs, it, it does mean that it's stuck with me in some way, right? 
Yeah. Um, to be honest, well, I think I think you're the one being more positive, and I'm kind of bringing it down a bit. But yeah, I, I do agree there are distinct parts. Um, yeah. Uh, the penultimate track, "Fill the Silence," kind of has almost a summary guitar in kind of a Smithsy way, um, which again is something different to kind of bring in at the end of the album, right? Um, so it, it does give a a bit of a different feel again, although your right is kind of like it opens with that and then it kind of pulls mm. back more towards kind of the gravitational centre of the record. Yeah, the Smiths is a good way to put it. I did put Stone Roses as well. I mean, there are a lot of influence from them. Yeah, it's the same vein, yeah. isn't it? Um, I did like the uh, kind of the guitar riff that went throughout the whole track mostly and then the solo with the tremolo picking and that was really cool um really let the guitar shine a bit um i think it could have stopped at five minutes but i mean eight minutes was it, it, to be honest this might have felt like the one of the shorter tracks than the album like it didn't feel like it went as long as some of the other tracks even though it might i think it was the longest track in this one um it was cool sounding, I think. I think, honestly, that's the thing with a lot of these songs. If they were cut at two and a half, three minutes, and the record was half an hour, I think it would actually feel stronger, just because there is kind of less of this downtime to think about things. And we we keep talking about the beginnings of tracks that are being really mm. strong. Like, if they didn't have that kind of you know, we've done all of the, we've done verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and now we're going to have a big instrumental, except the instrumental's just kind of more of the same. If they didn't have that section, or they cut another part out, it could have kind of felt a bit tauter. I think this kind of goes back to the live setting, really. Like, I think these songs could have could have been cut how they are, but in a live setting, like, a lot of bands do this, They they kind of, extend their song out a bit more and it, it pleases fans and it sounds good in a live setting um but in the album i'm not so sure do you think this is an album that's maybe suffered because of covid because i could imagine this these tracks being taken on the road and developed there and then the band coming into the studio and recording an album and then be having more ideas and kind of more more substance to them but if they haven't had that opportunity because this was recorded from starting in 2019, right? So they haven't had that opportunity, so the songs are maybe not in the same place that they would be if they'd had the chance to tour. Yeah, that's a good point, really. And I, I don't really think about that. Um, I'm sure if COVID didn't happen, this this might have been two albums. This this It might have been a completely different album, yeah. The final track, We Found Home, uh, to me just felt like a dead ringer for the uh, Jesus and Mary chains, <laughs> just like Sugar. Like it, It's very much aiming for that sound and achieving something close to that sound. Yeah, the, the main problem I had with this one is like, I think you get the guitar with the like reverb and the chorus um, in your left channel, and it's just really loud and like it too loud like the other instruments feel like they're on the right channel and this guitar just like doing its own thing on the left like it felt like it could 
blend in with the other instruments a bit more. Um, and I felt the ending was weird as well. Um, I haven't actually put any more notes on it, but it just, yeah, it didn't it didn't feel like quite like a a satisfying ending to the album. Yeah, it does kind of just taper off a bit at the end. I'd say overall, I I think you know we've picked out a lot of things that where we feel like it could have gone further, but actually that there is kind of a solid base here, and it it's kind of rooted in you know a lot of bands that kind of make sense to kind of throw together and try and come up with something based on those influences. I think a big part, you know, a lot of the stuff about you know maybe not having enough ideas injected and songs being stretched out a bit too much i could forgive or or i could overlook if kind of it was an interesting synthesis of all of those elements but for me it feels maybe a little bit too much like you know at the beginning it's joy divisiony backing tracks or maybe like jesus and mary chain star backing tracks with the national vocals and then it's doing you know, X band with the national vocals, and then it's doing X band with the national vocals. And it, it never feels like they're kind of pulling things together to make it their own thing. And that that's something I feel like, you know, a second record, you know, they could start to find their voice. Because a lot of those bands I've referenced, you know, didn't really figure it out until, you know, three, four albums in. So it, it it's almost harsh to come in and say, well, these guys need to know what they're doing from day one. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's something that could develop. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, like I said at the start, really, like this has a lot of potential. It's just not at a place where I enjoy it as much as I want to enjoy it. Um, and I think a second album would definitely like clean clean that up a bit and yeah make make things pop more and i'm really excited to see what they do in the future so let's ask the all-important question i'm kind of interested to see where we go with this do you recommend that our listeners check this album out james well I would say, like, if you're into the national, if you're into that, then yeah, definitely give it a shot. But even if you're not, like, I feel like definitely keep an eye out on the band, um, and maybe maybe listen to this album to, to have an idea of what they do sound like because I I do think they can go somewhere with this, and they have do have good ideas. Um, so give it a listen. Yeah, uh, what I'd say is that this is a band to keep an eye on. So for the future, if you're looking through upcoming releases lists or you're listening to us do them, if you hear them pop up, it, it's probably one to check out. And if you're in America and you have a chance of seeing them live, which might just be in the Detroit area, I don't know, I haven't looked at their touring schedule, um, it they, they're probably worth you know having a listen to few, a few of the songs, seeing if they vibe with you and then seeing if they're you know, you can see them live because I do think in that live setting they'd come off a lot better. Um, so, it, yeah, I think for most people, I'd say it's probably not one worth going out of your way to check out. But if you know, if the circumstances are right, you are a huge fan of this style of music, or you can see them live, or you're just kind of keeping the name in the back of your mind for the future. Yeah, 
I mean, like, it might be worthwhile if it's about a band that just appears in your, um, appears in your, in your town, or somewhere locally. Then I think it's like definitely go and listen to them, even if you haven't listened to the album. Like, if this is if seeing them live is your first time, um, listening to the album, I think that's still okay. I'm we're saying this even though we've never listened to them live, but I think we kind of established that. This album will probably, most likely, sound good live. Yeah, you can get a sense from the record, can't you? Right, it's time to rank it then. So the rankings currently stand as... At number one, Black Country New Road with Ants from up there. At number two, Let's Eat Grandma with Two Ribbons. At number three, Obong Jayar with Some Nights I Dream of Doors. Number four, Oso Oso with Sore Thumb. Number five, Animal Collective with Time Skiffs. Number six, Abibio Sound Machine with Electricity. Number seven, Bonobo with Fragments. Number eight, Whatever the Weather. Number nine, Yard Act with The Overload. Number 10, Bodega with Broken Equipment. Number 11, Beach House with Once Twice Melody. Number 12, Everything Everything with Raw Data Feel. Number 13, Pillow Queens with Leave the Light On. Number 14, Wet Leg. Number 15, Charlie XCX with Crash. Number 16, Jack Francis. Number 17, Grocer with Numbers Game. Number 18, Aaron Ann with Do Your Worst. Number 19, String Machine with Hallelujah Hell Yeah. Number 20, Burial with Anti-Dawn. Number 21, Sweet Pill with Where the Heart Is. And number 22, Earl Sweatshirt with Sick. I'm thinking... And and we need to put the caveat in, as always. Well, whenever we're putting anything in the lower half of the list. That the albums we've reviewed this year have, on the whole, been really good. So just because something's low down doesn't mean we don't like it. It just means that we've listened to lots of good stuff. I'm thinking probably below Earl Sweatshirt for this. Yeah, I was going to say that I prefer Earl Sweatshirt over this one. I think Earl Sweatshirt has some kind of like new, interesting ideas in there. Whereas this one is very much kind of taking from existing artists and kind of trying to imitate sounds, Earl kind of came up with, even if we maybe didn't like what he came up with, it did feel a bit inventive at times. So since there's only two of us, I'm not going to bother going through <laughs> voting. If we're both agreed, Of House with Ripoffs goes in at number 23. We need to do next year, we need to listen to all of these albums live and then do another scoring. Maybe Of House will get higher, we'll see. Well, we won't see, but we're not actually going to do that, but maybe it would. Yeah, that would <laughs> be great. Right, so that's it for our review. Next up, on to upcoming releases. This week, not a ton of big releases coming out, but it leaves some room for some smaller artists to take centre stage. First up, Fresh are releasing their debut album, Raise Hell. Jess and I saw them play live supporting for supporting for the Beths, I think, or Jeff Rosenstock. I can't remember now. You can go back in the episodes and listen. I'm pretty sure it was the Beths, but I might be wrong now. I can't think. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to check that one out because they were good live. And the other one we've got this week, Camp Trash, are releasing their debut album, The Long Way, The Slow Way. They're a kind of emo band that's come out of nowhere to a lot of Twitter hype. Um, partly because some of their members are kind of 
Mimi on Twitter <laughs> and have kind of become big in the emo scene through that. Um, but the singles have sounded good from what I've heard. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that one out as well. Right. That's it for upcoming release, and that's it for the show. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more from us, you can subscribe on your podcast service of choice, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and sharing us with a friend is a nice way to help us out. You can also follow us on social media, at Unmuted Weekly on Twitter, or at Unmuted Unmastered on Instagram. You can email us at unmutedunmastered at gmail.com. And I can now announce that the album for next week is going to be Sometimes Forever by Soccer Mummy. I'm quite excited to listen to this one because I think it's going to be really good. Not Soccer Mum, Soccer Mummy. Yeah. It'd be good. Cool. Hopefully, even edited down, that'll be over 40 minutes, but we'll see. If it's not, it's not the end of the world. This week I've been listening to um, Ramstein's album Mazite. I want to talk about this one because it's it's a metal album with a lot of a vari- with a lot of variety. I think it's an album that if you've never if you haven't really listened to that much metal, I think this is a good way to get in. And if you don't like screaming that much um, in metal, then this is also a good album. Um, I say there's a lot of variety because you have those chunky, grungy metal sounds um, with the guitar. So the guitars in this are outstanding and I think the vocals are outstanding uh, as well. And on the vocals, it is German. So if you want to like um, widen your listening knowledge um, in terms of languages and stuff like that, then this is a good album because it was all in German, but the German <laughs> fits so well with the genre. And I think that that's Rammstein in general. Um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, back on my point about variety. We do have this metal sound, but we also get um, some more rocky tones, but we also kind of almost in one song go into um, more of like a, pop theme almost i think that's in the track um angst if i'm not wrong and zig zigzag as well <laughs> that is a really quite quite an odd one but it's really catchy um in the track gifted it's it brings in some like electronic moments as well um and that's obviously not something you get too much in metal um it does it does do that for only that track but it 
it works well and i don't i don't think they needed it needed to um yeah go on go on that electronic route any longer really um but i think i think the main track to look out for is um is zeit that's a really good one really kind of heavy and just like very punchy um and that kind of like it kind of covers the whole album really but do listen to the whole album it's a really good listen for for anyone really like if you're into metal if you're into rock if you're into i mean even if you're into pop music i think give this a go because it is a fun album um and there's definitely some headbangers in there which i think you'd enjoy so yeah that is ramstein sight 